Welcome to the Sleepy Cues Podcast, where Linda Schmolowitz and Jessica Suiki will share answers to all your questions related to your children's sleep and parenting of young children. We are both certified gentle sleep coaches. Thanks for tuning in to hear the answers to the many questions that come up with the families we work with. Welcome to the Sleepy Cues Podcast. My name is Jessica Sawicki from Lily Sleep Consulting, and today we're going to be talking about the different sleep training methods. First, let's talk about what sleep training means. So us gentle sleep coaches actually often refer it to sleep coaching, but the most popular term is sleep training. So sleep training or coaching, however you'd like to call it, is the act of teaching your child how to put themselves to sleep and back to sleep on their own. It has nothing to do with the fact of my child has a certain weight, my child can go through the night without a feed. It is just about teaching them the behavioral part of putting themselves to sleep and back to sleep on their own. It's when you remove those sleep crutches and teach them the independent skill of self-soothing and putting themselves to sleep. So here's where I ask you, are you rocking, holding, feeding, bouncing, or assisting your child in any way to help him fall asleep? Is your baby falling asleep with your help? Are you putting your baby down asleep in his crib? If so, then you have created what's called a sleep crutch. Now your child depends on you to assist him to fall asleep and fall back asleep. So let's remove those sleep crutches. This is where you probably are asking, how? If I stop rocking my child to sleep, how will he put himself to sleep? I'm going to put him down in the crib and he's going to start crying. He clearly doesn't know what to do. I need to hold him to fall asleep. Yes, this is true. You're going to put him down and he's going to cry. He doesn't know what to do. He's never been put down awake. So unfortunately, there will be some crying. Remember, for the younger ones, this is how they communicate. The older ones will tell you, mommy, mommy, come back. But the little babies, they can't talk, so they will cry. But the fact that your baby cries doesn't necessarily mean you have to leave her alone to cry. There are different methods that I'll be going over as far as how to respond to your child when they cry. So a lot of parents will ask me, I want the method that doesn't let my child cry. Your child will cry, will protest, will be upset, but the methods differ in how you respond to him. So there are three main methods that are widely used across the board and that have been around for a while. Extinction, gradual extinction, and parental fading. Let's talk about extinction first. Extinction is what people often refer to as the cry it out method. This is the one that most people talk about and most people have reservations. In this method, the idea that Wisebluth has is to go full on extinction, meaning you place your child down awake at bedtime so that they learn how to self-soothe, but you leave the room and you don't come back. So your child is left alone at bedtime and throughout the night, and no matter how long your child is crying for, you don't enter. So whatever that sleep crutch was, you're removing it, you're putting your child down full on awake, leaving him, and he will learn how to do this. Many argue that this is actually the fastest method to get your child sleeping, but that's not necessarily true. I will also say that this is not the right fit for all children and all parents, and that is totally okay. You don't have to be. 
Honestly, when I did sleep training for my kids, I did not choose this method because I didn't feel comfortable doing it. I knew that I wouldn't be able to stick to it at bedtime or the middle of the night. I know myself, my strengths, and my weaknesses, and knowing that I wasn't allowed to go in at all meant that I wasn't going to be consistent and meant that I had to go another route. So again, when we're talking about extinction or cry it out, we're basically talking about leaving our child to cry and there is no response. There is no going in at any point in time, no matter how long your child is crying. And remember, you don't have to do this method. The next method is called gradual extinction. And many people confuse this with the cry it out. It is not considered the real cry it out. This is actually Ferber's idea of being able to go into your child's room to reassure him when he's crying. Many people call this Ferberizing, time checks, interval checks, however you'd like to call it. So in this case, rather than just placing your child in the crib and not going in at all at any point, with this method, you are allowed to go in and reassure your child. But in order to do so, you need to do this in timed intervals and slowly, gradually going to extinction or not going in at all. The idea is that you wait longer and longer before you go in. So let's say, for example, on that first night, you put your child down awake and leave the room. He will probably start crying immediately, but you need to leave the room. Now, unlike the cry it out where you don't go in and you leave them alone, in this method, you wait a few minutes before you go in and do a quick check. Let's say, for example, that first night you go in every five minutes. That's okay. So you wait five minutes of your child crying, then go in, do a quick check, and then leave. Often, the quick check means a quick pat, a quick check, a quick kiss. You're in there for a few seconds, and then leave. Be careful on not doing the same thing every time you go in, because if you go in and do the same thing every time you go in, it creates a dependency. I need to hear that song. I need to feel that kiss. So just make sure that when you're going in, it's quick and that you're alternating on how you're responding. So that first night you went in every five minutes, well, on the second night, now you need to wait a little bit longer, maybe seven or 10 minutes before you go in. So the idea is you need to make sure that you increase your timed intervals. You wait longer the next day before you go in and do a check. Now that part is really important because you can't keep on going in every three to five minutes every night. You really want to give your child the opportunity to learn and self-soothe. So if you keep on going in every two to three minutes, he will continue relying on you and needing to see you and you won't be giving him the chance to do this on his own. This method is the one that I actually felt the most comfortable with when I did the sleep training on my kids. They're all about five months or so, give or take, and this was a method that I felt comfortable because I did want to go in and check on them. I didn't want to do the cry it out. I knew I wouldn't stick to it. So this method is great for the kids, but I will say it's also great for us parents. We feel comforted knowing that we can go in, that we can check on our child and make sure that they're okay. It also gives you the opportunity to check if their diaper has leaked or if they got stuck in the crib rail or something like that. A lot of times, even after sleep training, when the kids are sleeping through the night, Parents will stick to the checks as a guide for random wake-ups. So for instance, my kids sleep through the night, but on a random chance that they wake up because we all know that you know every so often they do, I usually wait a few minutes before running in. 
we know that running in right away sometimes interferes with them going back to sleep. So giving yourself an interval of about five or 10 minutes is a safe interval to say, okay, uh, I will wait about five or 10 minutes before I go in and do a check. This also allows me to go in, do a quick pat, and I feel comforted and my child feels comforted because my parent has come in and checked on me. So with time, every night, you're waiting longer and longer before you go in, which is why this is what's called gradual extinction. You're slowly waiting longer and longer, and eventually, you're not even going in. Remember the checks are really quick. Try not to spend too much time there. Try not to adjust your child too much. A quick pat, a kiss, a good night, maybe a song, maybe a shh, and then leave. And then the final method is parental fading. So we've had extinction where you don't go in. You've had gradual extinction where you do go in, but you wait certain intervals. And then parental fading is actually a little bit more of a gentler approach. This actually allows a parent to be inside the room the whole time, as opposed to not or going in and out. So you're never really leaving the child alone. You're actually staying in the room, assisting, helping, but of course, then working on doing less and less on whatever that is. The most common method in parental fading is called the sleep lady shuffle. You all know that Linda and I actually trained with Kim West, who is the sleep lady who came up with this sleep lady shuffle. In this case, you're actually sitting in the room, but with time, you're slowly moving further and further away. You're fading away. So what that looks like is, good night, I love you, and rather than leaving, you sit on a chair or stand, and you stay there waiting for your child to fall asleep. And then once your child has fallen asleep, you can leave. And then every time your child wakes up, you come back and you stay in the room as well. This is a great method for those older kids that need to see mommy or daddy and not feel alone. This method is actually suggested for any baby over the age of six months, but I do in fact think that it's a great method for those that are already sitting or standing, for those older ones that are aware whether the parent is in the room or not. Standing next to your child rather than leaving and coming back. So even if we do a quick check, for instance, and wait one minute and then come back, a lot of times that one minute can feel really, really long for those older ones. So in this case, we don't leave them alone not even for one minute, and are there while they're awake at bedtime and every time they wake up in the middle of the night. This is also a great method for those kids that slip into a regression when going through a separation anxiety peak. I'll never forget when my youngest turned about 18 months. My husband went in to put her down at bedtime like we always do, and as soon as he left, she stood up in her crib, started screaming and crying, and then threw up all over the place. We quickly ran in, I went to clean her up, and then she held on to dear life. She was like a koala on me and would not go back in the crib. It's as if like the crib was filled with snakes and she was so scared of going in. At that point, I realized she was going through a separation anxiety peak and I decided to put her down in her crib and stay in the room to provide comfort. Now, remember, all my kids are sleep trained at a younger age, so at this point, it wasn't about teaching her to fall asleep, but rather she needed that support and reassurance and she didn't want to be left alone. So I did this method, stayed in the room, and slowly faded away. This method is also great for those little ones that transition to a bed. So when my second son jumped out of the crib, as you can tell, with all four kids, I've had different situations. But 
for my second son, he actually decided to jump out of the crib at a young age. And so when we put him into a bed, it was a disaster. So we put him in a bed and he turned into like Hulk. He would run around, he'd pull on the curtains, he'd move the furniture. He was so upset, but he also just didn't know what to do. So again, leaving a 20-month-old on their own in the room is not the best idea. So I needed to be in the room to help him in this transition of crib to bed. And so Sleep Lady Shuffle saved me. So I think it's a great method for those older ones that are transitioning to a bed and don't want to be left alone in the bed. They want the parent to be there. And a lot of times the parent gets in the bed. So this is a great method to be in the room but not in the bed and get stuck sleeping next to your child every night. It's also a great method for when we travel and come back. So a lot of times we'll have to share a room and my child's pack and plays in our room and he got used to me being in the room. So coming home is an adjustment. So I'll do a modified version of the Sleep Lady Shuffle, put my child down in the crib and hang out in the room, but then again, slowly move out of the room and so that my child gets used to sleeping in his crib on his own in his room. Now, the most important part of this method is that you don't get stuck in the room, that you don't create a new sleep crutch. So you need to make sure that you slowly remove yourself and you fade away. With this process, as you're inside the room, you can talk and reassure. Even when you're close enough, you can actually do some physical touching. But as the nights go on, you must make sure that you're slowly inching your way out of the room and removing yourself from the sleep space. You will eventually get to the point where you put your child down awake, completely leave, and she'll be okay with that. So just to recap, there are three main methods, extinction, gradual extinction, and parental fading. Please don't let anyone tell you that the only method is cry it out. There are other options, and I really don't want you guys to feel that you have to do the cry it out if you don't feel comfortable with it. Now, it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just if it doesn't fit your parental style or your child's age and stage, then don't do it. Remember that whatever method you do choose, you must do the same thing in the middle of the night. You must be able to respond consistently from bedtime all the way into the morning because half of the success in sleep training is putting your child down awake. The other half is consistency. Hope you guys all enjoyed this podcast. Remember to leave your review and remember to send in any questions. Linda and I always love to hear any topics that you'd like for us to cover.